All right, today's an exciting day. It's the state of the crossing. We're kicking it off, and um, we're going to really, the, the, the thrust of this uh, gathering, we're going to have three baptisms today, so we're pretty pumped about that, celebrating what the Lord's doing in, in three individuals' lives. So that caused me to really shorten the message in the sermon, which is, which is cool, because um, I will celebrate baptisms all day long. So if you're just visiting with us, you're going to get a little taste of how we do baptisms here and celebrate what the Lord has done in these individuals' lives. So, so welcome. Um, Real quick, let me pray, and then we will dive right into it. Um, Father, thank you for this day. Your word says that this is a day that you have made, and we will rejoice and are glad in it. And Lord, we, we only hear that scripture, and we know it to be true in our minds, but we experience it today and every day. Your love, your goodness in our lives. We rejoice that you have given us this day. We rejoice that you take care of our physical needs, but more importantly, we rejoice that you take care of our spiritual needs through your son, Jesus Christ, and his life, death, and resurrection. And today we get to celebrate three stories that you intersect, that you brought down and showed them your grace and your mercy and your love, and you called them to yourself, and you gave them uh, faith to believe in your son. And now they are true children of the king, adopted sons and daughters. And in that we rejoice. We know that scriptures say when one sinner repents, all of heaven rejoices. Well, there's a great party going on because we got three. So, Lord, thank you for your goodness in all of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. We are going to be in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 today. Um, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Um, so uh, in your ESV Bibles, if you have an ESV Bible, that's going to be on page 986. If you don't have one, there might be one underneath the chairs around you. In those black Bibles will be on page 986 for other you. You know, pull out your phone. Let's see the glory of the Lord shine on your face. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 8. But before that, we just had our family meeting on Friday. And our family meeting, what that is, is that people, uh, our, our body gets together and we kind of talk about what the Lord has done in the, in the past year and what he's going to do in the future. And it's a big celebration. It's a big potluck. And many of you were there on Friday night and, and we got to share a lot of things, but some of you weren't there. And so I just want to start off with just saying thank you. Um, uh, as, as one of the pastors, uh, I want to represent the guys up here. We want to say thank you. Thank you for your commitment, first and foremost, to Christ. Thank you for your commitment to one another. Uh, thank you for your commitment to, to reach those who don't know Jesus, where you live, work, and play. Um, I read Philippians chapter 1, just describing our thanks. Um, and Paul says this, he says, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, uh, of making mention you in my prayers, with joy. Because of your partnership from the gospel from the first day until now. And he goes on to say that he hopes that his love, uh, my prayer that your love may abound still more and more with the knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent. And so be uh, pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, the glory and the praise of God. And really, that's our hearts as pastors for you. You guys bring us that kind of joy because of your partnership. Some of you were in the partnership from the very first day we planted this church some seven years ago. At least one was, Brianne. And then as you know, gone the last seven years, you guys have come together and you've partnered with us in the gospel. And we're thankful for that. And we've seen the love that God has poured and shed abroad in your hearts. And, the, and part of the fruit of the Spirit is, is, is love and joy and peace. And, and you guys have exemplified that over the years. Of course, not perfectly. We all have some warts here. But the reason why this body has grown, the reason why we see uh, the crossing has grown is because of you and your passion to love Jesus and to love others. And so we say thank you. 
It's a joy and a celebration. Every Sunday, um, almost every Sunday, I ask Daniel, like, are people coming? This are people showing up? And he's like, yeah, they're here. And I'm like amazed by that, right? But that's just a testimony to you guys. As you guys know, our mission is to, to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the glory of God and the joy of his people. That's our mission statement. That's what everything we do flows through that. And we have three pillars that we, that we love God, that we live in gospel community, and that we leave a legacy with those who don't know Jesus. And I can tell you, and I can testify, and you guys know this as well, that Jesus is building his church here. Jesus' spirit is alive and well in most people in here. And, and, and his message as well, the gospel. I, 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 since day one, when we started this church, I hear this constantly throughout the years, and even this last year. Man, I love this church. Um, this church is awesome. I've never been a part of a church like this. Uh, this is a true Acts 242 church. And man, that's, that's our desire and our passion here. And you guys have been helping us shape that church with this vision. We love God. That's our vertical relationship with the Lord. We see that many, as I look at some of your faces in here, many of you have crossed over from death to life. You were a non-believer. You came in contact with individuals at the cross, and you heard the gospel. You repented, and you believed, and, and God saved your soul. And so we see multiplication in individuals here. We see uh, transformation growth in your stories as you come to know Christ. You're growing as Christians. You're growing as husbands and wives. You're growing as, as uh, sons and daughters. You're growing as friends and laborers in the workforce. You're growing. Life is being transformed because of your relationship with the Lord. And then I love the gospel community that we have, that this bigger group gets together in smaller groups throughout the week to, to live life with one another, to, to the, share the one another's of Scripture, to love one another, to serve one another, to encourage one another, to bear one another's burdens. And, and that grows and that multiplies and people are attracted. People stay at the crossing because they're attracted to that. They're attracted to community. They're attracted to being welcomed in the community. They're attracted to the love. They're attracted to the generosity that they see amongst you guys. They're attracted to that. We gather here on Sunday mornings. We gather in life group. And those are kind of our formal gathering times. But then also, we like each other. We hang out afterwards in the informal times and go on camping trips and, and go to games and go to coffee shops. And we just enjoy each other's company. That's a testimony to you guys fulfilling our vision. And then finally, we leave a legacy. There's multiple ways I can talk about you guys leaving a legacy. Um, we do it here. One way is by church planting. This little church being around, we're going on eight years we have deeply rooted convictions about God reaches those who don't know Jesus first and foremost by church planting, by planting churches. And by God's grace, we've been um, planting churches here in Colorado. We're, we're, we're helping supporting a church in Arizona right now. We, we sent out Eric Lawyer some years ago to New Jersey where he's planted a church. And now that church has planted another church with Daniel Nelms and whom we support through financial giving and coaching. We, we support a, a church plants in Czech Republic that are literally reaching the whole country out there. And then Lord willing, um, I'm supposed to go with another guy named Ashley Denton to New Zealand and try and, and build up some church plants. So this body is reaching the world for Christ. That's an amazing thought. 
And that's because of your guys' desire and passion. But not only, you know, global, but we're here in our own Jerusalem, in our own Fort Collins. As I mentioned the other night at the family meeting, we had the government of Fort Collins call the Crossing Church because of many of you in this building. The government called and said, hey, we got some kids that need adopted. Will you guys adopt? The reason why is, is because over the last two and a half years or so, this body has uh, adopted, uh, what, uh, going on three kids with, with uh, a Caden kind of a foster situation. And they are dumbfounded, they are amazed by your love for these kids. So when the government, the city calls the church to say, hey, you guys are doing an incredible job. Will you, you know, do you have anyone else that wants to adopt families? You know, adopt these little kids? That's a powerful statement. And we know it's a powerful statement because James says, and James, he says, this is perfect and pure religion or or Christian faith that you what? That you love the orphans and the widows. This is a testimony to what you guys are doing, what the crossing has been doing for the past seven years. This happens because the Lord uses means, and he uses you, and he uses me. You guys have been great ambassadors. Again, we're not perfect. We got some warts, like I even said on, on the family meeting. We even got some stretch marks, right, because we're a little bit older now. We've given birth to a couple churches. But I, want you, I just want you guys to, to, to let that sink in. The Lord is using you to build the kingdom of God for eternity. You're making a huge difference in each other's lives. And so thank you. From uh, myself and Daniel and Rich and Joey and Matt, the, the pastors, thank you for being um, followers of Christ and putting your talk and walk and letting that come by, uh, come together. It's a beautiful thing. That's just all off the cuff. We're not even hitting First Thessalonians now. Now I've got to rip through this because we've got some baptisms to celebrate. But again, thank you. First Thessalonians 2.8, that kind of leads us in. And what I want to do this morning is briefly look at First Thessalonians 2.8. And what we're going to see is really the three pillars that define the Apostle Paul's ministry. How the Apostle Paul did ministry. As many of us know, Apostle Paul was one of the great men of faith that had a tremendous impact, if not the greatest impact, in the early church. And what we see here is we see some characteristics of his life and ministry. And you really can't separate that. You can't separate your life with your ministry. They go together. Ministry is life, and life is ministry. They go together, and we see this with Paul. And we're going to see three pillars that make up Paul's ministry, uh, ministry and life. And they should also make up ours, and I believe they do. You'll see that theme as we just described. The three pillars are loving one another, uh, proclaiming the gospel of God, and doing it in community. And what we're going to see is that they blend into one another, all these. They don't stand alone. They're organic, and there's some crossover. Um, the motive is that we, we love God first and foremost because he loved us. And as we know in John 13, as we looked, he says, my command is that you go love one another just as I loved you. So that's the motive, and we have that motive. All of a sudden, there's a message that we want people to know because it's the message that saves them. It's the message that grows them as individuals, which is the gospel. And it's that gospel that then collects us into community, and we have loving community. So we see how they go together. So 1 Thessalonians 2.8 says this, So being very affectionately desirous of you, we are ready to share not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become so very dear to us. So what we see here is the first pillar of the life and ministry of Paul and the crossing is loving one another, is loving one another. That phrase, so being affectionately desirous of you. And at the end it says, because you have become so very dear to us. This desiring, this longing flows from love. Literally, you could say, because you are my beloved. 
Paul is saying to the Thessalonican church, the Thessalonians, he goes, I love you. You are my beloved. I'm affectionately desirous for you. I mean, these, you, you, can, you can feel these words just pop off the page, can't you? That there's something going on here. I love these verses. And even right before that, he paints this image in verse 7 of this incredible image of a mom nursing her children. I mean, it doesn't get any more loving than that. It's a perfect illustration of Paul's love for these people. And Paul learned this love from Jesus as we have well. As we looked at this verse as we go through John on a normal day, uh, John 13, a couple weeks ago, we, said, we saw this, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Jesus says, just as I have loved you, you are to also love one another. That's what Paul's doing here. He's loving one another. He's loving the people in Thessalonica. So therefore, as a disciple of Christ, this is a, this is a mark on you. This is a mark on me that, we, that we're lovers, that people look at our lives and go like, man, you guys are lovers. You love individuals. You love people. And not the, only, the ones that are all shiny and, and, and made up right. Even the messy ones. The crossing embraces and loves people. This is a pillar. And I said a couple weeks ago that there should not be anyone in your life that is starving for love if you're a Christian. Because this is a mark of, Christ, of Christianity. Is that we love one another. It has been a pillar of our community, as I just described, since day one, that we would take this command and we would apply it to the crossing as a corporate body, but also as individuals that make up this body, that we would love one another, and others would be attracted to that love. And as we look around, I think we can say yes and amen, because we started with nine people, and over the last seven years, we've had thousands of people walk through these doors because of our love for one another. They experience God's love here. Many of you guys know that because you experienced it. That's why you're here, because you know God's love. At the family meeting, we had uh, Shay Fitzgerald, young lady. Where's Shay? Where is she at? Go ahead and stand up, Shay. Shay, yes, yes. Shay gave a testimony of the crossings love that impacted her life, and it was one of the best testimonies that I ever heard. It was powerful. And I was like, oh, my God, Max, did we get that on video, on tape, you know? And he's like, we did. I go, that's why we're making you a deacon, because you're the man, right? Um, <laughs> that's why we need deacons, because her testimony was awesome. And it was in particular about one person here at the crossing. Um, and that one person that she kind of highlighted, even though she talked about others, was Ryan Wanaka. Ryan Wanaka, right? Now, I can't even say that name without smiling because I love that dude, right? You guys know what I'm talking about when I say Ryan Wanaka because there's a guy that's like the Apostle Paul. He just exudes love. He just comes. He's, he's happy. And, and we know he has his, you know, his battles like all of us, but he, he, he's a happy guy. He's a loving guy. And he works with Shay. And I can't remember if that's where you guys first met was at work. Um, but anyways, Ryan shared first and foremost his story, his love for Jesus with Shay. And said, man, I go to this awesome church called The Crossing because Shay wasn't going to uh, The Crossing at the time. And, and so he says, hey, why don't you come join us? You know, so he invited her. So first he shared his story with her and then he invited her to come on in. And then, and then she came. She came to first a life group and she was uh, overwhelmed because she said people actually went up and talked to her and, and, and engaged her. And she went away with that like, man, I, I felt loved and blessed. And then my next question, then she said, I didn't come around for the next two months. I'm like, well, why didn't you come around the next two months, right, if you felt loved and blessed? And, and so she does come back, and, and she said when she did come back, she said it was the same. In fact, she said, and people remembered my name. Don't, 
don't just think about that. Something as simple as remembering a person's name just again shows the kind of love that was in that group. And then, you know, uh, she started coming to the crossing and, and um, life group, and then she was having a tough day at work because she got some tough personal news, and, and Ryan was there, and he engaged her, like, hey, Chad, I noticed what, what's going on? And she got to share a little bit, and he said, hey, man, can, can I pray for you? And she's like, yeah. And so that's just a picture of this community of love, and it's simple. Everyone can do that in their everyday lives. This is what Ryan did. He, he showed his love to her, and he loved others like Paul. He, he shared his faith with her. He, he invited her to come to church and to be a part of the community. Uh, the community engaged her, and they, they welcomed her. They, they listened to her. They remembered her. Ryan prayed with her. This is, this is what it means to love one another. And there's much more, but it's, it's as simple as that. This is stuff that we can do every day of our lives. So my question to you this morning is, how have you experienced the love of God from this body over the years? How have you experienced the one another's in this body? How have people loved you and served you, encouraged you, and met you with your needs and welcomed you back? But better yet, another question is, how have you shown your love to others in this body? Not only do we receive one another's love, but we're also givers. We are also ones on the offensive to show one another's love. Well, we're going to hear three testimonies of this kind of love this morning. Moving right along, we see the second pillar of Paul's life and ministry on the cross is the gospel of God. It's the word of God. It's the gospel. It says this, so being effectually desirous for you, we were ready to share. We, we take pleasure and we prefer to share not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. So we see not only means they shared the gospel. Not only did they share the gospel, but their lives. It was a both hand. Not only did they talk to talk, they walked to walk. But here we want to focus on the proclamation of the good news. You, you can't be a Christian. You can't have a ministry if you don't proclaim the good news of Jesus, the gospel. It means good news. And, and news is meant to be shared, right? News is meant to be shared, uh, especially to, in today's day and age with social media. We're constantly sharing our news, right? For us older people that are like 35 and up, we still use Facebook, right? For you younger people, 35 and down, it's what? Snapchat, Instagram, is there something else even new out there that I don't know about? No? Okay, so I'm hip still. I'm still right there, right? But, you know, for the longest time, it's like, oh, I got a new boyfriend. I got a new girlfriend, you know? It's like, well, have you made it Facebook official? You know, because it wasn't official until it was Facebook official, right? Until it was on social media. You wanted to share that news, and then we see it on other things. You know, we, we, hey, when we graduate, let's celebrate. I graduated college. Yes, I got my first job. Yes. I went on vacation in these awesome places. Awesome. You know, we got married. Yes. We had a kid. Yes. I mean, we celebrate news in our lives. It's a natural thing. One of the things that should be a big part of our news, news feed in life, not only on the computer, but in our lives and flesh and blood, is the gospel. Is a proclamation of what God has done in our lives and in what is doing. In the narrow sense, it's salvation. When Paul describes the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, where he says, For I deliver to you as of first importance. Paul wrote three quarters of the New Testament, and he boils it down to this. This is what is most important. If I had to tell you anything, it's this. This is first important. Well, what is it, Paul? What I received also, that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and that he appeared. That's what Paul says is the most important, that you get the gospel. 
that Christ died for your sin and my sin, when we couldn't make payment and couldn't uh, appease and reconcile that relationship, he did that for us by dying on the cross for our sin. And then he was buried. And then he rose again on the third day and then he appeared. He's alive. He's a well to prove that he was who he said he was. The Savior, the Lord. And so that's the narrow view. The best news in all the world is the gospel. I love how one said it. One said it like this. Jesus hung on the tree of death so that we could partake of the tree of life. Isn't that a great way to sum up the gospel? Jesus hung on the tree of death so that we could partake of the tree of eternal life. But sadly, many churches, more in a, in a general sense, they don't preach the gospel. They preach more of a therapeutic gospel and not the, the gospel of God. They, they take more pleasure in building self-esteem rather than building your faith. This is the same issue that Paul had with the Thessalonians. He was battling the same issue of that day. And Paul says, no, we, we proclaim the gospel because we want to please God first and foremost, and that will build your faith. 1 Thessalonians 2.4 says, But just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak not to please men, but to please God. See, that's why we go through books of the Bible primarily here at the crossing. We're in this, the um, book of John. We're just taking a, a step back this week, but we're going through the book of John because we believe that the Bible produces something. It's living. It's active. It produces something in our lives, primarily two things. First, it saves us. The gospel is the, the God is the power of God unto salvation, Romans 1 says. And then not only does it save us in that narrow lens, but also the wide lens. We believe that we need the gospel every day of our lives. That's why John 17, 17 says, sanctify him in truth. Your word is truth. So that's why we proclaim the gospel just like Paul proclaimed the gospel. How many in here have been impacted? Has the gospel produced something in you this year? Maybe some of you came to faith this year. But maybe some of you, it's grown you as an individual. If, it, if, if the gospel has impacted your life this year, the word of God has impacted your life of the year, Will you guys please stand? Please stand if the gospel has impacted your life this year. Just play it and please stand. Awesome. Look around. That's awesome. I love it. This is why we proclaim the gospel. This is why we preach from this book because it's living, it's active, it's powerful. It changes lives. You know it and I know it. And we're going to hear three more testimonies this morning on the power of the gospel and his word. Go ahead and be seated. Thank you, guys. And then finally, man, this is, this is good. New, new time limit, new record for me. We're rocking and rolling. Uh, third, the pillar of life and ministry of Paul and the crossing is community. Is community. Is that we gather together, not just on Sunday mornings, but also in smaller groups and life group, but then also outside of that. First Thessalonians, being so affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share not only the gospel, but also what? Ourselves. Our lives. Paul opened up his lives to these people. And not only Paul, notice, the, notice it's plural. We, ourselves, it's plural. It's more than just one individual. It's a bunch of people walking the walk and talking the talk. One way we can do an injustice to Scripture, especially in America, is we interpret this Bible through an individualistic hermeneutic. And what I mean by that is, is we, we primarily boil everything down to the individual. Um, 
we think we can live independent lives apart from the body of Christ. That's one of the biggest battles that we have in American Christianity. And here's one of the things. One of the primary um, storylines of this book, of this Bible, is the kingdom of God, is the community of God. That's one of the primary, again, um, primary storylines of this Bible, that we are a community uh, led by King Jesus, that we gather together to, to serve and to love and encourage one another. And then there's a world out there that also we need to go to and, and serve and love and bring in. But we, we, we operate as one body. We operate as one body. Therefore, we are profoundly dependent on one another if we're going to grow in our walks as Christians. We need each other. There are times where I need you to to help me out and to to hold me up because life has beaten me up. And there's times that you need that. And that's why we need the body. Um, The book of Revelation says that Jesus is in the midst of his church. If you want Jesus, if you want to follow Jesus, you got to be around because the church, because that's where he is. He's with his people. Hebrews 10 says, do not forsake the gathering because it is here where we spur one another on to love and good works. It's the body working together. See, one of the greatest lies of the enemy is that we can do it on our own. Again, especially in America. You can do it, you know, America, right? It's the marble man Christianity. But listen, if we operate in isolation, um, from the Lord's people, that will usually lead us down a very, very difficult path. And so I see, you know, over my past, whatever, 20 plus years of ministry, I've seen too many individuals and marriage couples, you know, struggle in life and sometimes go down in flames because they're not plugged into community. Um, I like to use the um, analogy of the law of a log fire. We love to go camping and the log fire, we've probably all done that. And we know that as long as we keep putting wood on that fire, that, that fire is going to produce light and it's going to produce heat, right? And this is what the community is. is we keep adding logs to that fire. We keep adding people that love Jesus to this community that it's going to, be, it's going to give light out. It's going to give heat. It's going to be productive. But what happens when one of those pieces gets out away from the community of logs? It shines for a little bit. It gives a little bit of heat. But then what happens? It goes out quickly. This is why we need community. We have been created to live and thrive in community. Again, the Lord uses and talks about this community as a body. And if you're an arm, you know, a part of the body, um, and you're an arm, arms can't operate if they're detached from the body, right? They got to be attached to the body so it can function. And that's what the community is. We all have different body parts, and we ought to be participating together. So the question is, are you participating at the crossing? I believe this is one of our strengths here at the crossing. Do we do it perfectly? No. But we do community well here. I think that's why many of you are drawn to the crossing because of the way we do and live in community. Some of you, again, are knocking it out of the park. Um, I mean, you're just, you're just hitting home runs. Uh, and there's some in here that are, are, are still sitting in the parking lot. And you, you can't enjoy the game and you can't participate in the game when you're sitting in the parking lot. So if you're not in community, get into community. It will change your life. And not only will it change your life, but the Lord will use you to help bless and change others' lives. And we're going to hear three testimonies of the power of Christian community this morning as well. So there we are. Paul had three pillars and, and we have three pillars. We want to love one another well. We want to share the gospel of God with one another. We want to do that in community. 
Again, we're not perfect. We got some warts. One of the sayings we say around here is we're just one beggar telling another beggar where to find food. But as we do that together, by the Lord's grace and His truth and by the power of His Spirit, He's grown us. And the crossing is, again, a healthy, a growing, an influential, a joyful, and a God-glorifying church. So as we look forward to 2018, let's continue to add these attributes to our lives and to continue to grow in these attributes as well. Amen? Well, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get right back into it. New, new record. Amen. All right, so let me pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Lord, thank you for, again, just the the seven years that you have given us in the last year, 2017, and all the ways that you have, first and foremost, grown us as lovers of God. And we can only do that because you have first loved us. It was your love. It was your love to send Jesus so he would live, die, and be raised again to bring us back into a right relationship for those who repented of our sins and trusted in him. So we thank you for that. And then we also thank you that you've given us really the handbook of life on how to operate now as Christians, to to love one another just as you've loved us, to proclaim the gospel, the good news, and to do it in community. So Lord, may we just continue to grow in all these areas. And if there's anyone in here that, that does not know you first and foremost, I pray that today would be the day of salvation that they would uh, recognize in that narrow sense that Christ came and died for their sins, that he rose again to give them life. He hung on the tree of death so they may have the tree of life. So may they repent and trust in you and become a follower of Christ today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.